Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Jeff Sire, and with me today is Mike McPeak. Hello. And Julie Keel. Hello, everyone. So we've uh, all had uh, crazy uh, personal lives over the past month, plus there was uh, a landmark election in the United States that happened, so we're finally back on track and going to record our next episode, which is Synchronicity. And so the synopsis we have for that is uh, a physicist who invents a time machine must travel back to the past to uncover the truth about his, I guess that should be its creation, and the woman who's trying to steal it. And that's from IMDB. So, uh, did you guys... Okay, first off, did you guys like this? I, I didn't hate it. I ha- I will admit to being confused through much of it, and I don't know that it necessarily got resolved even by the end of the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, you know, the, for a story, I thought it was fine. Uh, uh, and I like doing time travel shows, but one of these days my br- brain is just going to burst into flames, and that'll be it. Um and like I say, this was a little confusing. I even went back and read the uh, IMDb synopsis, and it still didn't help yeah. because it. I just have this nagging suspicion that something is missing or something was left out because there was. It seemed like there was a third jump in time, but they only activated the machine twice. Yeah, yeah. There uh. was there was some non sequiturs or something because it just. I mean, w- yeah. when it. When you read like the Wikipedia synopsis or whatever, it kind of makes sense, and you're like, "Oh, so that's what was going on." Well, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, I'll have to watch this movie again and see if it makes sense. But going through it the first time, it was like, "What? What? What? What?" Um, I'm ca- yeah. um, huh? What? <laughs> I kind was- of felt like maybe maybe in the editing there was subplots or stuff that were taken out or you know like it it felt like there was stuff left on the cutting room floor that maybe should have been left in there to explain a little bit more what what was happening i I agree it does feel like there was a few scenes left out i mean there was one scene that was key to the entire movie and you knew that when he's when it happened i mean the the third partner in this crime or whatever oh you know the the database the the imdb synopsis is shit as seems always um but basically it's three guys in a startup trying to invent a time machine with a with a big um capital venture capitalist you know behind them um and they actually do it and of course in the process you know people go back through time but they what they send back through time is a, and why a dahlia uh, a flower yeah. but a, a copyrighted flower that was copyrighted by the venture capitalist so he owns it therefore he owns a time machine therefore he's taking and stealing all their work and did, therefore did you understand that he, i actually like, did the that didn't make any sense to me at all like oh i tricked you into using this flower so i own your process like what <laughs> yeah i mean did i understand it yes do i believe that you could do that i wouldn't put it past you know legal teams sure. i just at this point legal teams can do <laughs> far too much various yeah various acts um yeah. but it's, uh, and there, it was it was there was and then the the part that i'm missing from my synopsis of it is a lady who 
even reading the Wikipedia thing, I can't figure out what the heck she is. She's some sort of intelligent woman who writes things down in a notebook and understands at least some of the science behind what's going on, but I don't get her role in this. I mean, I... I Right. Well, and then were we traveling back in time or were we traveling to a parallel universe? And that's the key. Or were we traveling back in time in a parallel universe? Yeah, and that's the key because (laughs) there's the one scene where the third partner in the startup says... It mentions the parallel universe option. I mean that it's it's almost an aside, and everybody ignores them. And I get that that like from a storytelling standpoint, that's valid. I mean, a lot of times that's what happens. Somebody solves it, and everybody else is ignoring them because they got other stuff going on. But when you're still telling a story in a film, you have to give such insights enough weight and credence and attention so that we recognize that they're those important insights. You know. Um, and it, that was briefly mentioned and blown right past, and then you still went into these time loops. And again, by the time the story is done at the end, you're like, I'm, I don't know, what, huh, what? We, you can't go back in time and do this. And then only after you read the, at least for me, only after I read the Wikipedia summary, it's like, oh, that wasn't back in time. It was a parallel universe. And it's like, huh. That was well, not and- clear from the movie for, for me. No, and there was a time or two when I was watching this movie, I got sort of a strange vibe going back to that movie Primer that we watched. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, and that one too, again, I think I lost a, a fair amount of brain cells trying to process that movie also. Yeah, and and I, my experience watching Synchronicity is that I also wound up watching predestination for the second time the other mind-blowing time travel thing and i mean completely mind-blowing um they you know, they don't compare synchronicity no. yeah. is is time but, travel and the, but the story is weak it's interesting that predestination it took forever the story was weak forever in that movie if it's an hour and a half movie you're an hour into it going what is this about it's an interesting story but it's more like a mystery not a science fiction thing and then shit hits the fan and it just blows apart and your mind just goes poof you know but both primer and predestination they explain themselves better and when it's over it it still might be confusing but you know what's you understand what's happened yeah yeah, and synchronicity does not do that. I, I agree. You know, I think, Jeff, you're the one who said that it feels like something was left on the cutting room floor. And that would make sense because they're just, it was like there were elements and scenes and explanations. And I mean, that, that we just never got. Like the, the little journal that the lady yeah. had that she was sharing. That was huge to the story, and we never understood anything about it. I mean, at one time it was kind of tossed aside as as fiction and incomplete. And another time it's looked at as if it's the answer to all of the issues with the time machine. And, and then the next time it's looked at, and it's like, it's still, I don't know. It was, yeah, anyway... So, well, that's the thing. A, a time travel story like this, time travel in itself is hard enough. But when you have a story that's sort of a, like I say, there's holes in it, that that makes it even worse to try and follow. Yeah, and and it makes it completely unsatisfying when you get to the end. Um, and it, you know, this, this also reminds me of Fringe. Remember that TV show? 
Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, where you're dealing with the whole parallel universe things, and and you kind of get to the end, and you're like, like that's just not satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, time travel movies or stories done done well hurt your brain. Time traveling stories, movies done poorly just confuse you and or make you want to cry yeah. or something yeah. yeah and like and like say at the end uh which guy ended up with the girl i mean again we're back to the you know parallel or going back in time was it the i think it was uh, as they call him in the movie wasn't it jim prime the original yeah uh, yeah they call they call they, they did call him prime and and then there was at least two others maybe three um when, he saw, when, two, he saw when two com- dead bodies, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you compare this to that movie Moon, this, that's one of the things that I, I found difficult because it's almost like, oh, okay, my, you know, Jim Prime, like they're almost like they're enemies, and it's like, well, yeah, you can't let him know because he'll he's doing the wrong thing, and like it's still you, right? So that person's going to have all of the, you know, this like. Unless you are a bad person and you're not going to screw yourself over it. Like, like in Moon, when he finds out that they're all clones, they start working together and helping each other, right? They're not, you know, they, they do have some, some conflict, but they're on the same side, right? And it just, it doesn't make sense. Like, if, if somehow all of a sudden, like, you did the, you had the transporter accident, so you're split into two, not the good julie or the good mike and the bad mike but you're just like you know mike a and mike b like why wouldn't you be friends it's you right right <laughs> like, oh god no I that would be I, horrible yeah. <laughs> well this, but, uh, this is like paranoid schizophrenia uh material materialistically uh manifested that uh yeah. you know it's you know it's more like yeah you're at war with yourself and yeah it doesn't makes sense you would the rational person would say you know stuff i know stuff why don't we put together and see what we can figure out but yeah well there was this whole thing that they termed temporal feedback so when prime got next to beta or gamma or whatever um in location in physical location if they were at the same time same place at the same time they were like in pain i don't i have no idea what the hell that was about that, um, that was a that was a story device so right, the two of yeah. them couldn't get together and, and iron out a problem right yep yeah like that that's one of those things that uh, yeah i know it's just like that's that's part of the tech thing that's just like okay that doesn't make because once you bring it that in once you start to think about well okay then there must be fate or God or something else. There's some sort of thing like Stephen King's book that one about the Kennedy assassination where the guy keeps going back in time. He does a great job of explaining that like time doesn't want to change. And if you try and change it, it's going to, if you push time, time will push back on you and it's trying to kind of keep itself on track. That's a great explanation, but they don't, they sort of do that with this whole temporal feedback thing, but they don't explain it, right? No. No. And yeah. to me, it felt, like you say, a, a complete plot device. It was just this yeah. thing that, you know, techno babble to say that, you know, the Prime and any of the other gyms couldn't connect, couldn't be in the same place at the same time. It kind of back to the Ghostbusters, you know, don't cross the streams type of thing. But yeah. it was. It was kind of bizarre the way. I mean, it was almost like Harry Potter with Voldemort. I mean, um, right. it, it truly didn't 
make a lot of sense. And about the only purpose it served in the story as well was to simply let you know that the two gyms were close to each other. Yeah. At the same place. And you mentioned tech, so we might as well talk about the uh, unotanium MacGuffin in this thing. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, the magical radiation stuff, which is, of course, incredibly expensive and very rare. And, of course, the uh, only only made by one company on the planet, apparently. Right. Yes, run by an evil guy. Right, who freely Uh, gives it away. It's not like under governmental control where you need, you know, like a military escort to get it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that that part of it, yeah. I, yeah. I thought you meant free, like money wise free, because that's that's the leverage that oh, no. you use to take over the company. The fact that this stuff costs so much, but yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, no checks and balances on radiation, radioactive right. material, and I can tell you that that's not how radiation works. Of like, you can just hold this thing, and some guy counts down from ten. Like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm dead. Right. No. Like, <laughs> Well, have you all seen, the time it's in front of you, you're getting cumulative damage. Have you seen like the Wrath of Khan? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, and Jeff, let me ask you this. Any place in your power plant down there, if you accidentally turn it to the right and to, <laughs> instead of to the left, do you blow up? Well, no, but For I can stuff. tell you that there's certain things that if you, right. uh, if you flip the switch – Really, really bad things are going to happen, right? Sure, you know, like, right. Or, or, or really, really unintended things. Bad but, is not. But I'm going to guess you have some sort of safeguards to keep simple errors, especially if you have somebody that's uh, I forget the term they use, but basically sort of a uh, 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 verbal uh, or dyslexic in a physical sort of right. sense, and right? Jacked right up on five-hour energy drinks and coffee because they haven't slept in like seventy-two hours. What? And, and and why just tell them? Oh, just do it. Just do it. Just like okay, left. It's 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 the side that the other guy is standing on. Go towards him. Right. <laughs> well, and, and to be honest, I have to stop and think once in a while because it's not automatic for me. So I always think I write with my right hand, so I use the other hand. I have a thing, you know, to you know make sure that uh, I I do the right use the right hand or whatever. But yeah, you know. And I used to teach karate in front of young children, right? So they, when you stand in front of them and you say, punch with your right hand, you yeah. had better punch with your left because they'll all be using right. their left hand. So, yeah, so I actually have years of experience of calling my left hand my right hand anyway. So I have an excuse. But, I mean, seriously, if turning it to the right is going to blow the damn thing up, <laughs> you, put, you put a safety guard on it, you know? You don't allow it to go to the right. Yeah, screw yeah. a bolt in so the handle won't go that way. Whatever, yeah. or design it properly. Yeah. I, I well, guess that, they were, I guess they were trying to get the idea of a an intense startup here um, across with you know like say the hyped up on everything and cutting corners and everything else. But yeah, okay, I would still put a bolt in. Yeah, <laughs> or how about color coded? You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, how about the the guy that knows his left from his right? Uh, does that job, does, and the other guy is holding the clipboard. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Or these guys yeah. are a bunch of nerds, too. You know, have, like, Luke on one side and Darth Vader on the other and tell them don't go to the dark side. You know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, so that particular little piece of the story we all found pretty damned ridiculous, yeah. it sounds like. Well, I think looking back on it, probably the the biggest problem with the movie is because that they don't really 
explain well enough that you can follow exactly what's going on that causes you to think about it more and the more you think about it the more you pull at that uh, that loose thread the more everything starts to unravel right yeah because right. like if 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 it was like primer and when you're like okay this is a complex story but they're telling it to me that i'm i'm getting at most of it or at least enough that it's making sense even though when the movie's over, I might not be able to explain it to somebody, but I get it as it's going on. You're not going to dig deep enough in it to start unraveling the things that are questionable, right? You're just going to go, okay, go with the flow. And, you know. uh, and with Primer, even though you know you didn't quite understand it when it, you got to the end, you were satisfied enough yeah. with the ending that you were okay with it. This one, you still didn't quite, because they mentioned something about uh, you know an explosion and one of the guys getting killed i'm going okay i'll take your word for it well see my take on that now i could be wrong on this but my take on that is that what he had skipped over to this other parallel world where the experiment had never even been done because they had a disaster in the lab that killed everybody right yep. yeah something along that line yeah uh, so but again like that maybe that was just what i was reading into it and that might not be right so no, it sounds plausible. And in this movie, I think anything that's halfway decent is plausible. And you know, now if it's quite a satisfying, okay, maybe he got the girl in the end. Um, yeah, and that's what pisses me off too about this whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because you have this whole supposedly mind-bending story of time travel and parallel universes, and it's all to the point of boy gets girl. I'm like, ah, really. Yeah, it couldn't have been like we saved the planet or you know stopped poverty or something like that. It's just boy oh, gets okay. girl. Here's here's a question, not tech related, but just kind of like uh, philosophical and 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 ethical, I guess. But if it came down to it, and you knew that you were in a situation where if I save my partner, wife, girlfriend, husband, whatever, mm-hmm. then we'll be okay. But there's a very good chance the entire world will die, or half the people in the world will die. Like, I'm sorry, Jen, <laughs> you're not gonna make it. Yeah, like, you know, like even though she's my wife and I love her and everything, like if if you're in that situation where, like, uh, like if I'm driving down, even if it's me, like if I'm driving down the road and I know, like, okay, I gotta plow into this, you know you know, 30 children who are on a school day trip or risk crashing my car into a cement abutment and maybe we'll, you know, me and my wife will get killed. Well, okay, I've had a good run, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I sure. mean, that's the, the good of the many outweigh the good of the one. I mean, you know. Yeah, um, like, uh, but there's so many movies where they do that, where like this, oh, I'm willing to sacrifice, like, in some cases, the universe. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, Transcendence, is that the one I'm thinking of? With, with uh, Was it Johnny Depp? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, Where, yeah. you know, again, it's all about one person. It's about grief and one person, you know. Yeah. We're going to destroy the world because um, I can't let go. Yeah, no, uh, no, uh-uh. And, well, and I, what, what I mean, the world is full of people. I mean, we are sitting here on Remembrance Day slash Veterans Day um, yeah. talking about people who have made that choice, have literally probably made that choice to either sacrifice themselves or sacrifice people that they know and love for the greater good, for other people's benefit. 
yeah, and then we're talking about synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got to thinking too. You know, maybe just uh, to redeem this this genre of time travel love stories. It's been a long time since I watched it. But I think it's a better movie. Uh, 1979's Time After Time with uh, uh, Roddy McDowell and Mal- uh, Mary Steenburgen in it, where Jack the Ripper steals H.G. Wells' time machine and goes into the future. Uh, oh. I think that was a better... Uh, like I say, it's been a long time since i say it, but I think that's a better time-traveling love story than this thing is. Um, and like I say, just, like I say uh, justify this genre. Maybe at some time we've got to throw that on our list and just... Uh, so, like I said, we don't lose complete faith in this kind of movie, right? Yeah, and and again, it's not so much the the you know the archetype story of you know no. boy gets girl. It's the way this story was told. I think that it is the yeah. problem that I have with it. Yeah. No, and and they they did this movie on like. A, a shoestring budget. I like. I don't know how much it was, but it wasn't a lot of money. Like, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just think that it, it's not necessarily the the budget of the film. It's just kind of like, right? You know, if maybe if they had uh, somebody, you know, tighten up the writing or something like that, and you know, okay, or or again, maybe it was the editing. So, well, uh, reading the. Um wikipedia synopsis here they were talking about the budget and there uh, some of the reviewers quotes was uh connoisseurs of low budget but serious sci-fi films will applaud the film um this other guy rated it a b and it said with all this in mind synchronicity isn't just some love letter to blade runner it's actually pretty damn good in its own right i think that's stretching it yeah um, i saw that one too yeah it's not lacking in smarts or clockwork, uh, clockwork precision, but objectively fails to convince its core idea of love and fate. That one I would kind of go along with. Yeah, yeah. That's that's I would concur with that one out of the three that you read. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so like I say, there was they gave it some, and it only got what uh, about five out of ten or something like that on the the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Oh, 39%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, a lot of people didn't think it was a great film, and they're kind of giving it a little love because, you know, as far as it being, if you kind of ignore the storyline itself, I thought the rest of the movie was was fine. I mean, um, you know, if they could have tied it together, I think it would have been a pretty good film. But uh, yeah. as far as the... As far as the movie making goes, I thought they did pretty good for, you know, a small budget. I, I think... I think the story itself of, you know, three guys, you know, startup versus, you know, big old school money venture capitalist is an interesting story. Um, The whole guy meets girl and travels either back in time or through to parallel universe to find, you know, a place where they can be together. That's okay. I'm good with that. But it's just... There's there's just something about this that um, it just it, it it leaves you flat and it and it also right. it didn't even play up the relationship enough between you know the, the guy and the girl Jim and Abby was her name I think um, yep. to to make you think it was worth you know a risking your life b risking the universe or you know what I mean it just it seemed like this really random 
person showed up. They had like a day, and suddenly he's willing to, you know, right? Give up yeah. everything for it. It's, it suffered from bad editing because I think maybe I don't know if you could take what's there right now and re-edit it so it makes more sense. It almost seems like there should be a a few more scenes added uh, for motivation. Director's or, cut. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, you know, again, the story itself. There's, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think, I think you know, the idea of, of you know, the small startup against the, the, the big, you know, venture capitalist, the whole, you know, boy meets girl, the whole boy risks everything to get girl, the whole, you know, small guy sticks finger to the big... Although I don't think that's even true. I mean, honestly, the way it all played out, I don't think... The venture capitalist really got screwed in the end. I mean, I think he got what he... Well, and again, he was more of a, a MacGuffin, too. You needed a bad guy, so right. trot him out for certain scenes. There wasn't a lot of, and I don't know how much character development you need for basically Darth Vader in this. I mean, he's the Darth Vader of this film, more or less. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much character yeah. you know uh, development you need. Here's a bad guy. He's an a-hole. Okay, run with it. Um, but yeah, I still think they could have brought him in a little bit more done a little something a little bit different with his character maybe if they would have made him like you know interesting because he's just an archetypical bad guy um if they would have um i don't know what motivation you could have given them but if you would have fleshed him out a little bit explained abby just a little bit or why uh uh what's his name uh and abby yeah like say why they were attracted to each other you know, yeah. other just clothes fall off and they fall into bed. I right. mean, and yeah. what's Abby's background? Why is she following him, and why does she even cross paths with him, and why is she keeping notes in this notebook? I mean, does she know that she this is going on, and she's keeping this notes to further this the the time yeah. travel thing? I mean, there's just no. I mean, Abby is this complete like. Well, they meant they mentioned writer. Well, okay, is so is of she like what? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. But, you know, is it – at one point it seems like she's writing a science fiction book, but right. then it also seems like it's paralleling this. But Or was it the fact that she was, you know, uh, uh, compiling notes and – oh, and then that's the other thing too that uh, some of these uh, reviews we mentioned was that her book mysteriously shows up and it's – and I did see the one scene uh, towards the end there where she was slipping it into his pocket. Yep. But still, uh, you know, they looked at the book through. but – Right, yeah, but they looked at the book and they're going, "Oh wow!" But you know, they really, the book again was one of those things that if they would have completed the circle on it, maybe it would have tied the story together and had it make a little bit more sense. It's just another, hey, we need uh, something to pivot this plot here, so let's put the book in there. Yeah, and and again, I really want to know a writer of what, because <laughs> you know she was taking some sort of scientific notes. But uh, at one point it was tossed aside as being, you know, romantic, blah, blah. And so, you know, like, yeah, is she some some novelist trying to, you know, write this love story? Or is she a, a, in another re- researcher trying to steal the ideas? Or is she just some sort of weird, like, predestination thing <laughs> pushed in there to, to ma- take these notes and... and um, communicate from one time period to another or one parallel universe to another i mean is that the only per i mean is that is that her only purpose that she is inserted into this place by whatever to to 
pass this notebook back through. And again, that notebook, you get the impression that notebook changes every time they go through the time travel. It is not a constant. Um, at one point, it's tossed aside as incomplete. Another point, th- at the very end, you know, at the, the happy ending, um, she is writing notes on bar coasters, same as always. But he's got the the notebook with him and starts talking about it or showing it to I can't remember, but it's like, so, you know, there you've got your time travel slash parallel universe paradox going on because that's kind of also back in time, you know, before that book was written. And uh, anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can hear your brain starting to bleed right now. Yeah, you know, so it's that, that book seems to be a critical plot device, you know. Um, and we're just not given enough information about it. We're never really allowed to see it very well, at least. And the reactions that you observe other people have when they read it and look at it are too across the board. I mean, you just you don't know what's what's in there, it, which makes it worthless. I mean, it's like you know, coming across three different books. It, it doesn't mean anything at that point. So yeah, I just there, there's. It, it, it's interesting what would to me what would take to to make this movie much tighter and much more interesting much more coherent is well small things yeah I think it's you know this movie needs to be recalled taken back into the shop and you know <laughs> uh, have some fixes yeah done bake on it, it bake it a little bit longer it's not done yeah yeah, yeah. I like to say it has the potential but they just don't right. quite. And if it truly is low, low budget, and honestly, looking at right. the, the, the box office, I mean, I keep waiting for zeros get added to that. We're talking like $4,000 at the box office. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, like, I keep looking for the, the legend that says, you know, these are in thousands or something. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> opening weekend, $2,800. Gross, $4,200. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does it say the number of screens? No, it doesn't. Because uh, that that could have been just in like it, you know they released it at some festival in it, one they did. Th- theater or something. Yeah, two they, screens they released- and five screens. Week, but the but the weekend gross opening weekend was twenty five hundred at five screens. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah, it was released. Oh shoot, I'm trying in to find. In the U.S. I, yeah. Uh, it premiered 2015 at the Fantasia International Film Festival, and it was re- uh, released as a limited release in theater and on video demand and iTunes on January 22nd of 2016. So about a year, you know, yeah, very little uh, theater. It's yeah. is limited release, so very limited. Like I, you could probably bring it to Watertown and make that much in a yeah, week. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's. Uh... Uh, it, I saw, like I say, I saw those numbers and kept going, "What the heck?" Um, so, but the idea that it was a a, a film festival type of film. Oh yeah, five know. screen. Yeah, I see five screens, two screens. Yeah, it's, this one weekend gross three hundred twelve dollars. <laughs> I know. I mean, seriously, I spend more on that popcorn when I go to the movies. So. Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they they need concession sales. They might have doubled their. That's profits. true. But yeah, it's. Um, it's it's not a bad movie, um, and I don't know that I would call it a waste of time. But given that we only have so much time, and there's so many movies, 
Right. I don't know yeah. if I would tell people to take two hours of their life and watch this. It's like, no, go watch Predestination. No. You know? Yeah. Right. And the, yeah, the character. Go ahead. You know, well, as I was say, the characters are likable enough. It wasn't like, uh, you know, like you know, when we watched Starship Troopers, we really had a problem with Doogie Howser blowing bugs up. Um, there wasn't any characters in here that you really despise. You just kind of wish you knew a little bit more about them. Yeah. yeah. And they, they do kind of fit the old uh, startup stereotypes. So, you know, sure. they were recognizable and you you could connect with them. And the same with the, the venture capitalist, the evil, you know, capitalist. Um, there, there was enough there, the, and that's why to me the writer Abby stands out so much. I, I can't, I don't know how to connect to her. I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's a writer. I don't know if she's this scientist. I don't know that if she's this thing sent from another universe to right. manipulate things. I don't know what she is. Good, evil, indifferent. Right. Yeah. If you had some, yeah, a little depth of development, some consistent development, so maybe you could care just a bit, that would have helped a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah, so. But, you know, did uh, it win we, something we, at the film festival? Probably. Um, um, I don't It didn't say. So. Uh, I didn't see that it just was released. Why do um, I think it yeah. did? I don't think it did. Uh, because the for Wikipedia, it's a rather short uh, entry here. Well, everything about it was kind of short. I looked at... Okay, it um, premiered. It didn't say <clears throat> it was awarded. So, yeah, you're right. That's just me. Well, yeah, and even looking at, like, the trivia and the goofs on IMDb, it's like mm, four or five, maybe six. Um, not a lot to be said about this movie. Um so it's um, – let's just say we took one for the team and it's like if you're really into time travel shows and you want sort of a love story and you're not too particular about plot or resolution, it's an okay movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll steal a tagline from the Frog Pants Networks. We did it so you don't have to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like it was – and again, I, I think we all agree it wasn't terrible. It just uh, – with a little bit more, it could have been better. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a, I got enough things in my Netflix queue that sure. this should never bubble to the top. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, and you kind of said it at the beginning. It, you know, our our quality scale from Starship Troopers to Europa Report, it's sort of in the middle there. Sort of, sort of the same yeah. way with the Rotten Tomato score. It doesn't suck, but it's not great. It's kind of you know in that yeah. middling middle there. It's just like yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a four. I mean, it's not I mean, a, it's not a two or a one. It's not a it's not above five though. Right. If you know, uh, you have time, and ninety nine percent of the streaming services go down, and this is available, watch it's it. not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're stuck on a desert island, and this is the only thing you got, you'll have a good time. You, and yeah. you'll be able to watch it more than once, and maybe it'll make sense. Yeah. Well, it does have a rewatchability factor because you're kind of going, "What the hell?" It does. Uh, yeah. It, it truly does. I mean, seriously. I, after watching it, once, I don't. Uh, I don't know that it would benefit from multiple watchings. Like, I don't. It doesn't strike me as a movie that's going to all of a sudden come together. Like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, you have a point yeah. because well, Predestination yeah. did. Did and Predestination? Yes. Yeah. I need to watch a third time now. Right. Um, that yeah. that thing is that's got layer after layer of stuff in there. So yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't say it was improved, but it, the to see if their plot points uh, came together like you thought they did. Because by the end, I'm kind of going, 
I'm thinking, well, I think that lines up. So I just kind of want to take a notebook. I don't know how you map that exactly, but just kind of see if their plot points hold up or if they fall apart. That would be my only thing. It's not like, yeah, I don't think uh, rewatching is going to improve the story, but maybe it would improve your understanding just a bit and or to see if what they're telling you is uh, they didn't take the time to finish their own circles. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would be watching it a second time as a well, I suppose as a movie critic to see yeah. Yeah. It, rather than a sci-fi fan. Um it would to sure. say, you know, like okay, what's going on and why wasn't this scene where they talk about parallel universes a little more expanded or focused on and why it's, you know, all the things we talked about with the radiation McGuffins well, and it wouldn't be a so, film critic so much as a nerd watching a nerd movie. That's not right. Which are, which are the worst film critics? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, cruel and mean, inaccurate. Yeah. Well. So, so seeing as pretty much the only tech here is the time machine itself, uh, and the notebook. I, don't know. I love the fact that what survives through time travel is paper and pencil. <laughs> Well, well so pretty, pretty much that. anything that went through, right? The guy went through. He went through with his clothing. Yep. So pretty much, it, and it didn't. The yeah, flower went yeah, through. So, yeah, yeah. That and the yeah. container that it was in. So it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. See, no, that so, would be something I'd go back and and watch for that if I were to watch it again. The dahlia. Again, my first question is why a dahlia, and and nowhere at the point in the movie do they address that. I wish the director had some notes on IMDb, but well, it's like, the, the, but. Probably the only, uh, maybe two things to be said about that was, A, it was copyrighted, so there is some sort of documentation. Right, but uh, why a dahlia? Why not a daisy? Why not a sunflower? Why not, you know, a mouse? Well, the other thing they threw in there was that it was very expensive. So those were only the two things I think. Yeah, anyway. Well, genetically genetically engineered. Yeah, um, but I still so I, I still pondered stupid details sure. like that. Why did they pick Dahlia? You know. Well, and I was thinking. I think it's uh, well, Black Dahlia. Wasn't there a Black Dahlia killer? Killer or there's something connected with it. And I don't know if it's even relevant to this movie. But they said the name, and I had a few things flash through my head, and I didn't bother to do the research if any of them even remotely come. Uh, there's any remote ties uh, of that to the movie or not? But like that was my only flash on that. Hmm. Well, is uh, uh, you guys? Yeah, would, no. would you guys want? Uh, oh, oh, oh! Here's an interesting meaning of the dahlia flower. I'm looking at you know Google's my friend. Um, sure. And the the only thing I'm finding that's of any relevance to the movie is that uh, uh, Victorian language of flowers when given as a gift the dahlia flower expresses sentiments of dignity and elegance it also is the symbol of a commitment and bond that lasts forever hmm. which we would okay. today use roses probably maybe. probably but so the dahlia is this commitment and bond that lasts forever that to me makes the dahlia an interesting choice for the movie sure um, again, we're kind of stretching that plot point like silly putty. But yeah, I know. Okay. But, but again, I, I mean, writers do that. They don't just randomly oh, pick out flowers. They pick out, you know, thing, even the names, Abby and Jim. You know, those th- people pick <laughs> those for a reason. So, anyway, but yeah, there's just a lot that I would go, and that, and that's what I would do if I were to watch this movie a second time. I would pick like that. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> which is probably why I won't watch it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys have anything more to say about uh, <sighs> synchronicity? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think to, I think we tried to be fair. It's you know the actors are okay. The uh, it's just the time travel stuff that throws the movie off. Otherwise, I think it'd be it'd get a couple more points than what it did. Yeah, sure. I should, yeah, and the technology. You know, there's this huge machine that's you know got bells and whistles and levers and lights and sure. Sure. And, but other than that. You're right. There's like, and I guess one of the things that they did a decent job of is that they just kind of took it out of time. There's really no time frame on yeah. this movie. It just, As you say, it could be near future. It could be right now. Yeah. Like I say, they avoided, uh, you know, it's what we said before. They've avoided some of the tech stuff that would date it. No big brick cell phones or, right. you know, Univac computers in there anywhere. So they no made iPhone it. iPhone 7s to say it's the current time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they avoided that trap. Um, well, what else was I going to say? Oh, they kept I, the whole scenery very dark and cement sure. background. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's you, very nondescript as time to time wise. Right, and you had the high tech hotel, and then you had the you know low tech flop house. You know, so those two constants are probably you know through time as well. So, and the other thing is they gave you just enough of the tech. So this is time travel, but they didn't try to explain it because that would have just taken it down a you know a rabbit hole. So you know, here's the tech magic stuff makes it work. Don't turn right or you'll blow up. There you go. There's your tech for the the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's all we know. Well, that wraps up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can talk, uh, check us out at SciFiTechTalk.com, where there's some cool space junk available for purchase. Um, pop into the forums there and take part in the conversation, or follow us on Twitter at SciFiTechTalk. If you have ideas or comments, please send them to greetings at SciFiTechTalk.com, and reviews on iTunes are always welcome. So, Mike, where can people find you? Well, yeah, I uh, I can be found on Twitter. I might go back on now that the elections are done. But uh, I can be found there at DSC Chipman. And I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Okay, and Julie, where can people find you? I, too, can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And people can find me on Twitter at Bronco Sire. That's S-Y-E-R. And next week we'll be covering the 2002 movie Equilibrium. And the IMDb synopsis for it is, In a fascist future where all forms of feeling are illegal, a man in charge of enforcing the law rises to overthrow the system. So that's it for this show, and we'll see you in the future.